Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live.
person you're trying to reach is not available. Please leave a message after the beep. Stand by for the Waterman Files. There he is. Okay, we're streaming. Can you hear me? I've got you, Doc. You got um, me. Yeah, we're oh. on. Uh, I've got TalkShoe hooked up, and we're ready to go. Okay. There you go. There's your bumper. All right. <laughs> It's a miracle. Yeah, it's a miracle. <laughs> How you feeling? I'm here. I'm doing good. Okay. Just a good. little little frustrated. I got a little slow on the gun draw today. Ah. Uh, you know how that goes. seconds. Talkshoe gets to hear all of our back room chatter, you know. Okay, I'll be quiet. No, no, it's okay. It's no big deal. I usually edit it out.
Welcome to the Waterman Files. This is Dr. John Waterman coming to you from deep inside the castle. And good evening, good morning, wherever you might be. If you're in the chat rooms, welcome. And uh, we're uh, if you're in the talk show chat room, you get to kind of hear how the show is progressing in behind the scenes. And welcome to those that are there. And of course, welcome to all that are in the ground crew chat room in Unseen. And of course, it's important for you to know something. You are not alone. You are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. We are in this together. And of course, it's important for you to know that you are not alone. Been a been a long day for a lot of people, I know, and I'm glad that you've been able to take time out to listen. And if you happen to be listening to a podcast, we're live here on All News Network, and the Waterman Files comes at uh, 7 p.m. East Coast time for two hours Tuesday, Thursday, and I'll stick Wednesday in the middle just for fun. How's that? <laughs> Tonight we're going to talk about a lot of things, and I don't know, I hope, I hope I have time to get it all in. But if we don't, we'll just splash over into Wednesday. One of the things that I do want you to know is that we do have a meeting coming up. I want you to circle it on your calendar, start saving in your little pot, and get ready to meet in the Ozarks. We're going to be doing a wonderful meetup on October the weekend of October 15th, 16th, that's a Saturday, Sunday. Most people will probably come on the 14th, Friday if they can, because things kick off first thing Saturday morning. If you're not an early riser, you've got plenty of time to get your schedule adjusted and get ready to get up at 8 o'clock in the morning for calisthenics. No, we're not going to do that, I don't think. Although, where we're going, there is a spa, and you can get massage, and they have fitness centers. Oh, and they have horseback riding. Oh, and they have boats. Oh, and they have golf carts that you can go through caverns with. Um, you can go painting. You can go on a wine tasting. You can, I mean, yes, there's, this, is, uh, this place is several thousands of acres. <clears throat> I won't tell where it is yet. 
because the enemy is listening. <laughs> but you and I are going to have a good time. And by the way, that's the last weekend of the fall feast uh, that occurs every year. Twice a year, the Israelites were told to to have the you know break. And basic, basically, that's where two-week vacation started from. You know, most people get two weeks to start. And uh, as you move along in a company, you get more and more. I ended up having more vacation and time off than I could spend. And But you start with two weeks, usually. So that's in, important for you to know, folks. This is going to be a time of fellowship uh, and sharing. So put it on your calendar. The food will be good. There are restaurants galore. Everything will allow us to, we can just hop on a little shuttle, go to any restaurant in the grounds there. It's going to be an incredible time. And if you are a golfer and you guys uh, that do golf want to do that, there's a golf course there. Uh, If you have a boat and you like to boat, bring your boat because it's a huge lake. Whoa. Uh, There's... Uh, we're hoping to have more than we can put our hands on to do um, and be able to share and get to know each other. Anyway, um, that's October 15, 16. We don't even know what we're calling it yet. Uh, Eli said, what am I going to tell him? What's the name of it? I said, uh, your last chance meeting? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> Maybe we ought to have you guys come up with a name for it. I don't know what to call it. So anyway, that's what's up. And by the way, starting on the 10th, we'll have, that's Thursday, we'll have prices. For what? Oh, our food. Oh, and yes, it's a sale, but not just any monthly sale. This is our semi-annual Black Friday sale that happens in the spring. It's called March Madness. And yes, it's discounts on lots of stuff. Way down there, as much as one half off on this food. So if you've got special things you want, that'd be the time to get them. And if you want stuff that you can't do yourself, this would be the time to get it. Some people don't know how to, you know, freeze-dried, freeze-dry Crisco. (laughs) Yes, we have freeze-dried Crisco. (laughs) Oh, boy. I don't use it, but it's there. We have, you know, powdered butter and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, We're going to tell you more about it. We're just going to tell you it's happening. We'll tell you Thursday all that's involved, what's going on. So, we do have some bizarre stuff to talk about tonight. One of those bizarre things is that there's this thing. Oh, tonight we're just going to talk about geopolitics, updates, information, Theology, politics, of course, is involved in the geopolitical scene. And, of course, later on, we're going to talk about communications. And we're going to clarify and talk to you in depth about some neat stuff. So we've got lots of things to share. And uh, so hang on. Automatic, automatic, get this, automatic voter registration is occurring in Oregon now. They said that in a typical month uh, in Oregon, they would have 2,000 people registered to vote in Oregon. In the, in the first six days of this year, they had 4,300 join the voter rolls because they get automatically signed up as a voter when they apply for a driver's license. Okay, of course, that 
assumes then you know that when you sign up to vote, you also get signed up to go in and be called on jury duty. If you do not sign up to vote, you don't get signed up on jury duty. So how about those marbles? How about you not being able to control? You know what? They're going to force you to be this Roman citizen, whether you like it or not. Oregon, then, is the first state to adopt this idea that it's the government's responsibility to make sure you vote, or else, right? (laughs) California has also approved a very similar legislation with uh, communist manifesto, uh, a guy that thought he was a really good uh, governor at one time, Governor Brown, thought he had to come back. But anyway, this automatic registration bill has been introduced, folks, to over more than a dozen states, and it remains, of course, to be seen whether this idea will take hold, because that uh, West Coast state, of course, is dominated by the agenda-seeking people that say, hey, the government knows what you need to do more than you do, and we're going to tell you what to do, and the government's going to make you do it. That leads me to my next topic. What's that? Well, before I go there, let's talk about our wonderful, wonderful people that, you know, think that it's – let's talk about the election, okay? Let's just go straight to it. When in the world did we ever see so much attack on a a person because they can't be controlled called Donald Trump? Folks, don't think it's Donald Trump that they're controlling. Now, you might say, what? No, it's not Donald Trump they're worried about. It's not Donald Trump uncontrollably being worried about. Guess who it is? You. It's you the establishment's worried about. It's you they don't want to have unleashed. Did you know that? Folks, this time of year, let's say elections actually work. And that they're not tampered with, and you get to say what you want. So you vote, okay? This is your time of year to revolt without guns. This is your time of year to address your grievance. This is your time of year to send a message to the establishment and the status quo and the criminals at large in the government that we're not going to put up with it anymore, and they're scared crapless because Donald Trump represents that. He represents the people, a populist movement. It's not they don't like Trump. They don't want you and I to revolt. That's what it is. It's an attack on you. So every time you see them saying bad things about Trump, think of it personally. Think of it as you. We don't think you qualify. You shouldn't be running for president. Oh, well, let's stop and talk about Bloomberg. Because Bloomberg said, I'm going to run for president. I'm going to run. Well, he's decided he's not going to run for president like that was a big announcement, right? Why? Because he said, if if I were to run for president, that would mean Donald Trump would go become president. So he's not going to. Do you see how scared they are? They're, They're not scared of Trump. They're scared of you. They're scared. They're afraid of you. Not as scared. They're afraid of you. The ground crew. They're afraid of you, the American people. And they don't want you 
getting anything on them. They're, they're scared of you, and that's the way it should be. Cruz isn't supposed to even qualify. You know, you've heard this and that about Cruz. You've heard, oh, he's not really eligible. But did you know that the government has websites out there that prove it? So I've got an audio, short audio file here. It's going to blow you away because this proves that Cruz cannot run for president. Why did this happen? Because we, the people, are not in power. We are being attacked because they run roughshod over the American people, because they do whatever they hell want to. And it's time it stops. It's time they get scared, and they are now. So what you're seeing is their reaction the fear that they have about people. And you know what? They better be afraid. Here's, here's the information about Cruz. Some smoking gun evidence on Ted Cruz. And you told me off air what it was. Pretty astounding. You and I have been talking about this for years. But now you have it from a government website. I'm not going to give it away. I want you to be able to drop this bombshell on our audience and on the world. You have smoking gun evidence on Ted Cruz and the whole eligibility issue, right? Final nail in the coffin, folks. Uh, if you take the, the, the U.S. government's own documents seriously, this should put an end to Ted Cruz's campaign. Okay, fantastic. Folks, how's that for a teaser? Mike Shoesmith is my guest right now, and we left with the tease that he is now holding the smoking gun evidence that Ted Cruz cannot be natural-born citizen, and it comes right from a government website. I understand right. that you've already got this posted. You've got screen captures yeah. of it. You've already made a video. You're already posting it all over PNN Network. Please post it on the P, uh, Freedom Friday Facebook when you get a chance, Mike. Yes, And uh, go ahead and tell us what the smoking gun evidence is. Well, it began with a, a, an article somebody sent me along with, um, with analysis of the article from the Gateway Pundit, which is a reputable conservative website. And as they're making the case that Ted Cruz entered the U.S. illegally in 1974 because his parents failed to file a CRBA form, which is required by U.S. law. You know, Sharon Rondo, she's been doing, uh, you know, a dozen FOIA requests. One, one is outstanding. They keep tossing them out on her. But tell, trying to get, tell people what that CRBA form is. It's a form that's required for parents to fill out when their child is born overseas and they want to, uh, the child to be naturalized, right? Mm -hmm. So that's to fill out the form because this thing doesn't happen by osmosis. Right. You don't. You're not. Paperwork has to be filled out. That's right. You're not automatically an American citizen when you're born on foreign soil just because your parents are American citizens or one of them is. You have to go to the nearest embassy and you have to right. file paperwork. And right. I mean, you, you could have picked up some kid wandering the streets of Calgary. You know, they don't know who's who's crossing the border with you. You got to fill out the paperwork. Right. So anyway, uh, 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 the post emails are trying to get trying to get this paperwork. Was it filled out? Was it filled out properly? So the Gateway Pundit is asking the question: Did Ted Cruz enter the U.S. illegally in 1974? Because apparently his parents did not fill out the required forms until 1986. And uh, you know, did. Did, uh, did Cruz's parents 
even ever fill out the form, or did they apply for amnesty per President Reagan's Immigration Reform Control Act of 1986? And if that's the case, it would it would mean that Ted Cruz was in the country illegally from 1974 to 1986. And according to Cruz's own spokeswoman, Catherine Frazier, Cruz's mother did register his birth with the U.S. consulate and Cruz received a U.S. passport in 1986 ahead of a high school trip to England. Mm-hmm. Cruz's parents didn't file the paperwork for his U.S. citizenship until 1986. It was reported to be because he was going on a school trip and needed a passport. So, essentially, he was in the country illegally from 74 to 86. Right, and let's stop, and, remi- let's stop and remind folks, you've already alluded to it, but Sharon Ronduit posted an email, they have filed 12 Freedom of Information right. Acts with the Cruz campaign saying, show us the paperwork, and the Cruz people are refusing to show the paperwork. And does that not smell like deja vu all over again? Right. Barack Obama closed down your identifying documents and called everybody else uh, a tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorist that dare to question you. It could be that Ted Cruz is not even a, a legal U.S. citizen from, the, from his birth much less natural born. But that's not the smoking gun evidence. Tell us the smoking gun evidence. No, and and so to wrap that portion up, many people are asking the question, did Ted Ted Cruz gain citizenship through amnesty under President Reagan in 1986? He could clear this up by simply answering the FOIA request. Here's the smoking gun. This is from the United States' own website, folks. This is it. This seals it. This, This... Man's presidential presidential candidacy is dead, according to the U.S. government. It says at the USCIS, their own website, it says, in a general, I'm quoting now, in a general, a child born outside the United States is a citizen at birth when the child's parents are married to each other. There's there's two columns here on this uh, United States government website. If the parents are married, to each other at the time of birth, or if the parents are not married, so a single mother in that case. Mm-hmm. If the parents are married to each other, and these two were married to each other at the time of birth, I'm quoting now, both parents are U.S. citizens at the time of birth. One parent is a U.S. citizen at the time of birth, and the birth date is on or after November 14, 1986. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if one of the parents is a U.S. citizen on or after November 14th, 1986, the child is a natural-born citizen. No, 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 no. The child is an American legal citizen, not natural-born. Does it say natural-born? A citizen. So so, so you just touched on on the actual issue here, which is that he wasn't even a citizen at birth. That's exactly right. Never mind natural born. Ted Cruz was not even, according to the U.S. own documents, Ted Cruz, and I'm sorry I said natural born, Ted Cruz was not even a nat- was not even a U.S. citizen at birth, according to U.S. government documents. There you go. As, if he was born after 1986, that's fine, only one parent. Before 1986, both parents had to be U.S. citizens at the time of birth. PPSimmons at live.com if you want me to send you this article personally, or you can go to the blog, ppsimmons.blogspot.com. The title of the article is Smoking Gun, Ted Cruz Was Not Even an American Citizen at Birth. Yep. 
Yep. And, um, and, that, and that's it. That's and, it. And the, the links to the article, we have screen capture shots of the pages in case they scrub them. And, you know, in the Ted Cruz's case, he was his parents were married. Uh, he was not a citizen at birth. End of story. Yeah. Deja vu, huh? It sure is deja vu. We have another foreigner running for president because the Jews like that. You know, they're trying to melt us. They're trying to model us, right? Anyway, here's the reason why Cruz won in, in Texas. It's obvious. Um, there's a lot of legal Hispanics in Texas that aren't thinking clearly and in Oklahoma that are not thinking clearly. They're just thinking in terms of of whining about the race thing. Who's being racist if they're voting for Cruz because he's a racist? Well, because they're racist is why. Cruz is Hispanic, which is fine. But if you're going to be, if you're going to be running for president, why do the establishment people always put somebody up with these kind of controversies? Because they run roughshod over the law. That's why. See, Clinton walks around acting like they're real presidential. Both of them, right? Really. She walks around like and she's very presidential. She was acting like a criminal when she was first lady, sicking all these agencies on any woman that would dare file grievance of rape or sexual abuse when Bill assaulted them. And, of course, he's the rapist president of renown. And so she had all kinds of criminal behavior when she was first lady. She was a horrible senator. She wouldn't do her duties as a Senate member because it was beneath her to even be doing that, like sitting in, uh, sitting in the Senate, you know, pounding on the gavel, taking your time to do your duty as a junior senator. She passed absolutely no laws whatsoever. In fact, being a senator was a distraction for her. But she had to have that label so she looked like she qualified. What has she ever done? What has she ever successfully done except be a criminal? Most people go, well, they're not a politician. Trump doesn't know what to do. Uh, I think Trump does know what to do. He knows how to make things happen. He's not a politician. He actually has done something to make himself successful. But, oh, that doesn't qualify. You must be a professional politician. So to be a politician, how do you become a politician when you're not a professional politician to start with? Yeah, that's an oxymoron. Or uh, that's catch-22. She was a horrible senator, and she didn't, you know, of course, run for the Senate in Arkansas because there's too many troubling skeletons in the closet in Arkansas. The Jews put her in office in New York, told her which district to go to and everything. She was a terrible secretary of state. In fact, she was 
acting criminally the entire time, moving eventually weapons of uh, uh, weapons through Benghazi to fuel the ISIS movement that was, of course, set up and uh, started by the Israelis. And so all this was funded through Israel, and it ran through the you know, embassy there in Benghazi. All these weapons were going through there. But when it went sideways, when there seemed to be some type of threat that it could leak out, of course you get rid of those that leak, like Vince Foster or uh, some of your other close friends that end up in jail but end up dying in jail in, in Arkansas. Or you get rid of four high patrolmen that knew what the story was because they guarded the Clintons when he was down there. Hmm. So you knock them off in an operation called the Waco affair. But she was complicit in the fall and murder of the ambassador in Benghazi because they made sure she, in particular, made sure no help was rendered, right? No help was rendered to those people. And they were, they were there. They were ready to go. They could go. They wanted to go. But she was complicit. Why then did she resign as Secretary of State there all of a sudden? Because things were getting hot. It just so happened that she resigned right after the Benghazi uh, 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 fiasco because she had to get out of that because that might then ruin her little resume because she was a senator, a first lady, secretary of state, and oh, that qualifies me to be criminally uh, involved as president. No. What that means is she had already flown all around the United States uh, as a first lady and actually the world. And as senator, she kind of got uh, had to pay her dues, and she hated being a senator. Then when she became Secretary of State, she flew the world. She didn't ask Obama, can I or should I go here or there? She just did whatever the hell she wanted, had more flights than anybody else, set up all of her drug routes, installed and helped install many of the people around the world, set up her offshore accounts so that she could run for president promising those people that if she got into presidency, she would help them back, right? Well, here's what's going to happen. Indictments on the Clinton crime mob start in May. Will it end up being at her door? Who knows, but the bombs are going to be going off starting in May with AIDS and so forth. In the meantime... In the meantime, the establishment and the insiders are not necessarily getting ready for plan B. And what I mean by plan B is what have they got ready in the wings? Well, in case Hillary doesn't work out, VP Joe Biden is their go-to guy. And as here just uh, in the last couple days, he's going to Israel to cut deals with Israel so he can run for president 
after Hillary goes down. See, even if Hillary doesn't go down, if all these bombs go off in the State Department, and they already have convened a grand jury, nobody knew about it, they already have cut deals with insiders and give them immunity because they had such good information that it could indict people, so they've given them an immunity. And who was that? The main people that set up her servers. She's a lion whore from hell. And that's putting it mildly. She refuses to say anything. Oh, we didn't do anything wrong. Oh, well, we didn't do anything wrong that nobody else did wrong before. Well, I everybody else did, so I can do it too. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Have you heard, you know, I haven't heard this kind of talk uh, unless it was from a kid that was trying to get out of trouble. Oh, I, I, did, I, I, I didn't do it. I, I didn't do it. I, my brother did it. My uncle did it. My my. My sister did it. Uh, I didn't do it. You know, sounds like a little kid because she is psychopathically sick, folks, and has never grown up. Her entire life, her entire reason for marrying Bill Clinton and making him become president was so that she could be pressed. She didn't give a rip about him. Got something for you to hear. She gets up on a stage to talk to a lot of people. Of course, I want you to notice something in most of these uh, <clears throat> campaigns. Hillary always has people behind her in view. So that oh, it looks like there's a lot of people that are supporting her. Have you seen who they are? Have you seen who they are? They remind me of the crowd that likes to go on government dole. That's who they remind me of. Oh, I just, I'm just for the regular people. Now, we have all these people trying to put people behind them when they go and they talk, you know. Uh, Trump just gets up and says, it's about me. There's flags behind me. It's about America, and I'm going to be your president if you want me. That's it, period, end of story. They won't show the huge crowds. And, of course, one of his meetings, they turned away 10,000 people. You know why? They're scared. Because it's not Trump, it's the people. They're scared to death of the people. Did you know that there was just recently a meeting offshore? Yeah, there was this exclusive meeting offshore by a bunch of the hobnobbers. What were they doing? Hmm, they were talking about how to get rid of Trump. Where did they meet? Well, it wasn't Jekyll Island, but it was next door on another private island that they flew to, to an exotic resort where billionaires that are, of course, crony capitalists, flew in from all over the place, even outside the country, to figure out how are they going to stop Trump. It was almost like the meeting they had to start the Federal Reserve, only this time it's to stop the movement of the American people. So, because I know you don't listen to her very much, and because it's kind of nagging and awfully repulsive, 
I thought I'd throw in a little bit of that so you can listen to Hillary answer some questions that she got kind of, well, let's just say they caught her off guard on stage and said, before we begin, I want to ask you some questions. And she was like, uh-oh, here it is. I know you have said you're not worried at all about what you call this security review mm -hmm. uh, of your private server and the personal emails during your time as secretary. But the FBI investigation is still hanging over your campaign, and there are Democrats who are worried about another shoe dropping, potentially with the word that uh, there's immunity for your former IT staffer, Brian Pagliano. Uh, you were asked a question about it at the debate last night. Uh, you chose not to answer the email part, so I'd like to ask you just a few quick questions on this uh, before we take audience questions sure. on this specific policy. I've heard others say that neither you nor your lawyers have been apprised that you are a target of the investigation. Is that true? Absolutely true. Have you or your lawyers been apprised that any members of your current or former staff are targets of the investigation? Absolutely not. Oh. I'm not a target of the investigation. Neither are any of the people that I had with me a target of the investigation. So that's exactly why the guy that was on staff that actually uh, set up the server was in charge of the server and made it happen for her got immunity. You know, they gave her what they call, or gave him, I should say, Pogliano, the guy that's going to be doing this. They gave him queen for a day. You can say anything you want. This day we won't hold it against you, but at least we'll know whether you've got enough information for us to really make it a good prosecution. And so he sat there and dumped his guts, and when he walked out of that private meeting, guess what happened? He had immunity. <gasps> that should have scared the bejeebers out of, well, oh, I forget. Hillary's not normal. Psychopaths don't worry about that because... They didn't do anything. Absolutely not. Your staff deleted nearly 32,000 emails, about half of the total volume. Were you aware that the server was going to be sought as evidence by federal authorities? No, but let me, let me clarify this because, you know, there's much in, misinformation going on around here. And let me just start with the basic facts. I have said it wasn't the best choice to use a personal email. It was a mistake. However... I am not alone in that. Many people in the government, past and current. My sister made me do it. They've done it before. They got to go on spring break and get in trouble. So what? She got pregnant. That's not my fault. I'm going to do it. Or, as a practice, done the same. Nothing I sent was marked classified or that I received was marked classified. And specifically with respect. Uh, it's classified. They were classified. Every government official, and this is a legal uh, theory, not just a theory, it's a legal rule, gets to choose what is personal and what is official. What we turned over were more than 30,000 
emails that I assumed were already in the government system, Brett, because they were sent to state.gov addresses. Sure, but there were some that were just recently discovered and turned over. No, that was in the State Department, not in me. Okay. I've turned over everything. Let me just clarify. The State Department has redacted and declared 2,101 of your work emails classified, at least at the confidential level, 44 classified as secret, 22 classified as top secret. So you said at a March press conference in 2015, quote, I did not email any classified material to anyone on my email. There is no classified material. So can we say definitively that that statement's not accurate? No, you can't. Here's what. <laughs> it's not accurate because they weren't there. They were in the State Department. And I don't know what's going on in the State Department. I mean, for God's sake, I was only a, a Secretary of State. I was way above all these worker bees. How am I supposed to know what's going on in the State Department? That's not my fault. Department has a process for determining what is or isn't classified. If they determine it is, they mark it as classified. Well, who decides? The what, State Department decides. But what about you when you're typing an email? Oh, oh it's State Department. The State Department. Uh, oh, well, ma'am, aren't you or weren't you running the State Department? Me? Me? Well, it's my worker bees. I'm trying to tell you. You're not listening to me. The Department decides what is, and let, let me go a step further here. I will reiterate, because it's a fact, nothing I sent or received was marked classified. Now, what happens when you ask or when you are asked to make information public is that it's reviewed and different agencies come in with their opinions. As you know, just recently, Colin Powell's emails uh, were... Oh, let's uh, let's talk about somebody else because we're talking about me, and I've got to di- I dot got to deflect this. I gotta I gotta move it over. And of course, Colin Powell, he's a perfect example. He wouldn't lie about weapons of mass destruction that got us in a war and killed thousands of veterans. Oh hell no! Let's talk about him. He's real reliable. And besides, uh, he's black and he's in my you know party from more than 10 years ago. Right. As he said, that was an absurdity. I could not agree more. So your contention now is the 2,101 emails contained information that should be classified at any time. That should be now or then. You're just saying it's not, it, was, it shouldn't have been classified. Well, what I'm saying is it wasn't at the time. Now, if you, if, let's take. I think I've had enough. I've got more, but I just, I just can't do it. Let me tell you what, if this was Edward Snowden, what do you think would be going on? Do you think she would be a, he would be able to stand up in crowds with military police and secret service around him and not get arrested? No, it wouldn't happen, would it? This country has been taken over, and it's not by good people. You know, Hillary is a butch. You know that, right? She dresses like it. She has haircuts like it. You know, Bill Clinton said, Hillary has had more women than I have. Really? That's what Bill Clinton said. It's disgusting. You know, Bloom wants Hillary Clinton, Michael Bloom, the New York mayor, 
I'm not going to run for president because, uh, by golly, of course, that's a real important decision because we've got to get Hillary in. We cannot allow Trump in. No, we can't allow the people's choice. We must have the establishment insiders that are criminally connected and have all their cronies in place ready to go to do the will of the elite and the banks. Well, the New York Jewish mafia, or mayor, says, I'm not going to run. Oh, give me a break. Like you think somebody would vote for you? We know that the election process is broken. It's broken. (laughs) What's the worst possible outcome for a presidential election in 2016? What is it? Um, Hillary Clinton, next president. Assuming, folks, that an election actually takes place, and by the way, that's an easy question to answer. It's Hillary Clinton for president that would be the most horrible thing to happen to this nation. There's an article in Zero Hedge saying she is truly evil in every sense of the word, quoting Zero Hedge. And the implications of what four years of Hillary or less would mean for our nation is almost too terrible to imagine. That is why it is so depressing watching what is happening on in the Republican Party right now. It's horrible. It's an attack upon the people. Folks, this is an attack on Trump. This is an attack on the people. You know, we've had people tell us what was going on. We've been warned and warned. We're so well-trained and obedient and habituated over, uh, and we have so much overindulgence in our traditions, even in our entertainment, that the powers are out there, which are on top of their game when it comes to corralling American people. They manage to tell people this lie, And they convince them to take this phony left-right political paradigm, which is crud. Here, Trump's trying to do what's considered a Republican conservative issue. And guess what? The right doesn't like it. Their own party doesn't like it. Why? Because the right-left paradigm is fake. Democrat versus Republican is fake. All of it is a sham. It's a lie. It doesn't exist. The powers are controlling both parties, and they have an agenda. They use whichever one it takes. Many past presidents, even other prominent American figures, they've all alluded to this secret takeover of our nation that has been underway and even tried to be taking us down from the very start. So, what do you think? is public enemy number one, folks. Well, I know what it is. But let me tell you, let's let's look at it this way. Without honest money, an unadulterated private entity 
Human civilization will always be paralyzed, folks, by public and private debt and the banking establishment working behind the scenes to accumulate political power for centuries has unprecedented control over our system of government. Thomas Jefferson told us this. I sincerely believe with you that banking establishments are more dangerous than standing armies. He said that in a letter to John Taylor in May 28, 1816. Former Vice President John C. Calhoun in 1836 said this. A power has risen up in the government greater than the people themselves, consisting of many and various powerful interests, combined in one mass and held together by the cohesive power of a vast surplus in the banks. That was 1836 by a vice president. Even President Woodrow Wilson, who signed the Federal Reserve Act, who should be hung for doing that, in 1913, well, he gave some indication of what happened in a statement that he supposedly was supposed to be saying remorsefully. And here's what he said. I am a most unhappy man. I have unwittingly ruined my country. A great industrial nation is controlled by its system of credit. Our system of credit is concentrated. Hmm. The growth of the nation, therefore, and all of our activities are in the hands of a few men. We have come to be one of the worst ruled one of the most completely controlled and dominated governments in civilized world. No longer a government by free opinion, no longer a government by conviction and the vote of the majority, but a government by the opinion and duress of a small group of dominant men. He said that. He said that. Woodrow Wilson, by the way, was president from 1913 to 1921. He signed us into hell. Wilson uh, went on to confide. He had some memoirs, and here's what he said. Since I entered politics, I have chiefly had men's views confided to me privately, some of the biggest men in the United States in the field of commerce and manufacturing are afraid of something. They know that there is a power somewhere so organized, so subtle, so watchful, so interlocked, so complete, so pervasive that they had better not speak above their breath when they speak in condemnation of it. It's a mess. George Washington, you might not think it goes back that far, but here's what he had to say. George Washington, he wrote this, in a letter in October 24, 1798, you can find it on the Waterman files. I put the document out of the, I went straight to the Library of Congress to get it, and here's what it says. It was not my intention to doubt that the doctrines of the Illuminati and the principles of Jacobinism, now, by the way, you might not recognize that's Jacobinism, 
but Jacobinism is it was not the Jacobite rebellion of the of the Scottish people. This was a French revolutionary uh, communist socialist uh, government philosophy that that caused the horrible French Revolution to happen. So let me start all over. It was not my intention to doubt that the doctrines of the Illuminati and the principles of Jacobinism, which is the revolution of France, had not spread in the United States. On the contrary, one is more truly satisfied of this fact than I am. In other words, he's saying, I know it's here. The doctrines of the bankers is here. Those ruthless people are here. The idea, and I'm going to continue, the idea that I meant to convey, and he was telling him again, a second letter, was that I did not believe that the lodges of the Freemasons in this country had, as societies, endeavored to propagate the diabetical tenets of the first, which is the Illuminati, and the pernicious principles of the latter, the people that were in the French Revolution causing that to happen. The individuals that he's talking about were already here. He just said they might be trying their best, but he felt that in his lodge, in his Freemason lodge, they had not taken over. And they have. They have now finally taken over. But I have something that we've got to end with at the top of the hour. Real quick here. Four minutes very important message from John F. Kennedy. These are remarks from the same year. He made some very poignant, poignant uh, uh, remarks in 1961. You've got to hear them again. Here we are. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion 
instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people, for I have complete confidence and the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors, for as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. Without debate, Without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Sola decreed it a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger. So, what do we have? What did he warn us about? He warned us. He warned us. And we've been warned for hundreds of years that we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on secrecy. It infiltrates and becomes a parasite. And that's what we see trying to take America down. We'll be right back after this. Five minutes, Doc. I'll take a break. Be right back. We'll be right back. Talk to you.
calm waters. Okay, I'm back. Okie dokie. Welcome back to the Waterman Files. That's bizarre sounding stuff, isn't it? They've been in control. They've been trying to stay in control. But uh, every time we get close to throwing off the yoke, whoo, boy, they spin it up. They even have meetings off the coast of Georgia. We ought to, we ought to put in, you know, some kind of uh, spies in some of these Georgia Island Resort so that we can listen to these fancy meetings of the plotters of our freedom. All right. I'm glad you're here. This is the second hour of the Waterman Files. We're here Tuesday and Thursday, and we'll throw in Wednesday for fun. 
7 p.m. East Coast time, and this is now 8 o'clock East Coast time. Make sure you support The Waterman Files at thewatermanfiles.com. Make sure you sign up for the ground crew chat room at unseen.is. Make sure you support All News Network at allnews.network, where you hear this broadcast coming from. Folks, we have a giant asteroid headed our way. We're going to get into some other news, and we're going to end up with uh, other kinds of information for you. And then we're going to head into communications, but we have something on the way. Now, this asteroid is calculated with various uh, trajectories. And uh, they're claiming that it's going to arrive March the 5th, between the, and maybe between the 7th and the 8th. So anywhere between March 5th and today. And it's supposed to hurl as close as 11,000 miles. Well, guess what? It's already passed by. So, this is very interesting because I didn't want to worry you. So I'm telling you after it passes. Because what if it had destroyed us all? Then there wouldn't have been any reason to worry anyway. Do you see my logic? Well, anyway... It was a 100-foot-wide rock that uh, is supposed to, gosh, oop, I take that back, it might come back. Yes, it might hurtle back into our planet September 28, 2017. Why? Because it's coming back on a boomerang path. So if we can hold together, and uh, that uh, that fit the apocalyptic time frame quite well. September of, of next year. Hmm. We'll have to see. We'll have more on stuff like this soon. Maybe we'll talk about it again. Well, as you know, there's been some problems. Um, <laughs> there's been some things happening with China, of course. Here's what's going on. Here's what's going on, folks. You know, they've been building these islands and calling, the Chinese have been calling these islands theirs. And they're like, you know, half a billion miles away from their coast. In other words, they're way out in the middle of international waters. And they say, this is ours. Stay away for 300,000 years, you know, and stay half a million miles away. Well, anyway... Japan has now had enough, and they're launching what's called an island defense plan. Now, what's this all about? Well, Japan is going to be launching this by stringing a line of anti-ship, anti-aircraft missile batteries along 200 islands in the East China Sea that stretch about uh, 870 miles from the country's mainland toward Taiwan. In other words, they're now out in international waters setting up all this stuff for four, uh, 1,400 kilometers is why I almost, what I almost said, but that's 870 miles. Wow. Things are heating up over there. They say that this deployment will help keep China at bay. Well, <laughs> This is uh, the Japanese version of something called anti-access area denial, a doctrine known as 
A to AD. It's hard to say. It's almost like saying R2D2 or whatever that was. Anyway, it's military jargon. And uh, China is uh, using the same approach just to push the United States out of that region, okay? Saying, oh, you can't be in international waters. These are ours. These are our islands, and this is our water. Get out of here. Well, the Japanese are upset. So Chinese ships are sailing from their eastern uh, seaboard, you know, where we've been blowing up all their stuff and putting big, heavy craters of some kind of fancy new weapons (laughs) at their shipping ports and stuff. (laughs) And their their, uh, chemical plants, we've been blowing up things. Anyway, these ships that are sailing from the eastern seaboard, they have to pass through this barrier of Japanese uh, missile batteries to reach the western Pacific. And uh, access, of course, to that area is vital to their trade. It's a supply line to the rest of the world's oceans. And that's where they use their projection of naval power. We're powerful. We have an aircraft carrier. See? 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 There's nothing to stop the Chinese warcraft, uh, warships from you know, sailing through international territory. But now they're going to have to do it in the crosshairs of some Japanese missiles. What do you think is going to happen? Okay, next. <laughs> the Pope. The last Pope. Hey, you are aware that there was this this prediction that the Pope before this one was going to step down, and everybody goes, you're crazy, you're crazy. And Tom Horn wrote a book saying he's going to step down, he's going to step down in, and the next Pope is the last Pope, is the Antichrist Pope, et cetera, et cetera. Wow, was that bone-chilling accurate. It was the first time in 500 years, a half a thousand years, in in five centuries that a Pope stepped down. Whoa! Well... Now we're supposed to be having what's called the last pope. And here's what the pontiff said. And he said this publicly here recently. How many invasions has Europe experienced in its course of history? But it's always been able to overcome then and move forward, finding itself complemented and improved by the cultural exchange they brought forth. Who's they? The Arabs. The Muslims that attacked Europe, killing, slaughtering, maiming, raping, pillaging. And, of course, that was their wonderful cultural exchange that he's talking about. The Pope also declared that Europe is the only continent that can bring unity to the world. And so they must rediscover their cultural roots. Well, you know whose roots he is not going to tell you they are? He's not going to tell you, folks, that the roots of Western Europe is the ancient Anglo-Saxon and Celtic kindred tribes of ancient Israel that left the northern ten tribes as the northern ten tribes and migrated west to settle Western Europe and, of course, then the Isles, as we call them Great Britain now. He's not going to tell you that's who they are. Oh, they're supposed to discover their roots? 
It's not Muslim roots. <laughs> Even the Greek prime minister is a little bit miffed off. They've accused Austria and the Balkan countries of killing Europe by imposing restrictions, folks. And that's caused three or 30,000 seekers of asylum to get stuck in Greece. Now, that's a lot of people for Greece, folks, and they're broke, right? And he says, and this is the prime minister there, what those countries agreed on and decided goes against all the rules and against all the whole of Europe, and we regard it as an unfriendly move. It cannot be that after something is adopted in an EU summit, that someone else decide to simply close their borders and cause other countries to kill Europe. In other words, folks, what Soros has done to us is wrong. Well, anyway, over 11,000 people now are waiting for Macedonia to open up its borders so they can move on into Europe. There are 3 million wanting to get into Germany alone just in Germany alone. So Pope Francis is telling, of course, too, we already heard, well, Trump's not a Christian because he wants to build walls. Well, isn't that hypo, uh, hypocritical of, a, of the Pope who, well, I wonder how many Vatican walls are going to be taken down. Folks, I want you to understand that when we have our meeting, we are going to go over the migration of the ancient Celtic and kindred tribes known as the Israelites, where they were, how we can prove that they were the Anglo-Saxon, Celtic, and kindred tribes of the world, and where they came from, where they went, and we're going to have a slide presentation. I've asked today Eli to put it together. He has a very, very long, several-hour slideshow about it and I said Eli we're going to have to make this short <laughs> so he says he thinks he can get it down some pretty pertinent data and we can have a nice presentation about the history and talk a lot about the ancestral uh, uh, emblems and symbols and heraldry that made up and are the 12 tribes of Israel and where those went, who they stand for, and how the nations today that are Western Europe and America, of course, reflect those and how over 200 prophecies in the Bible talked about what was going to happen to Israel and what they would become, and none of which of those 200 prophecies fit Israel today. None of them. None of them. Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to clarify that at our at our meeting. It'll be interesting, very interesting. You can learn the roots of your heritage. Well, there is news out that the collapse of Saudi Arabia is approaching. Uh, they've been challenging Iran, of course. Uh, they've been fighting the rebels they call rebels in Yemen. Uh, they've also been, along with uh, Syria, with uh, Turkey, been threatening to invade Syria. And I really should say that's kind of old news. They actually have. And if some of those r rumors, of course, are true, uh, 
There are others that we think might even be more dangerous, and that's the fact that they're, they've got nuclear missiles, nuclear bombs. Now, this is coming, all this stuff that you just got told, we just talked about real briefly there, this is not coming from a stable country. This is coming from a country who's flailing in the death throes of their nation as they struggle to barely hang on. See, ever since the global oil prices started to plummet, Saudi Arabia has been plummeting too. Since the prices fell, everybody in America thought, oh, well, we'll get Russia. Now, that's not everybody, folks. It was the insiders, the banksters, the Jews, the Zionist occupiers of America, the parasites. Let's take down Russia. We hate their guts. They've hated Russia ever since the pale happened. <laughs> Russia, uh, Russia's economy has been on the ropes. They say, well, they're out of the ropes. They're off the ropes now. They're, they're like Muhammad Ali. They're ba- bounced back. But Canada is in terrible trouble. It's plummeting into a recession. Prices are going through the roof. Venezuela's on the verge of absolute total collapse. No food, no money, no nothing. If anyone's going to be destroyed by oil, by oil, low oil prices, though, it's Saudi Arabia. But Why? In fact, uh, the situation is so much of a mess that the IMF says that they're going to collapse and run out of money. Here's why, folks. Saudi Arabia, which is, by the way, run by a bunch of cryptic Jews that actually call themselves royals, and this is well known. This is not some conspiracy. They, the royals of Saudi Arabia are cryptic Jews. Anyway, the Saudi Arabian... Uh, empire <laughs> runs on institutionalized bribery from all this oil. And so they need this cold, hard cash to keep the population in line and to keep this ever-growing royal family rich and happy. Well, without the oil, guess what's happening? It's collapsing. Now, this is something that we had in the WebBot. And why is this important to talk about? Because the WebBot said that we were going to have a problem. As soon as the Saudis start to collapse and the royal the royals fled was a sign for our trouble here in America. Our economic woes would begin. Well, we've got our fingers on the pulse of what's going on in Saudi Arabia, and it's not going to hang around too much longer, apparently. Not without a very, very powerful coup that's currently underway, okay? So let's keep our eyes peeled on that. I think that warning from the WebBot report was was pretty good. I think it was well worth considering. Well, let's see here. What do we've got next? Ah, communications. Mmm, like good coffee. <laughs> Tonight I want to talk to you some more and uh, cover a lot of information that we have maybe neglected or expanded upon when it comes to communications. And what do I mean by that? Well, putting it all together can be kind of frustrating. Finding the right equipment, finding the right antennas, figuring out what to do. 
One of the things that I want to make aware to everybody is that we are, um, you know, as we get a radio, okay, I've got a radio. Okay, I need to find an antenna. We're going to talk about antennas tonight. But how do I connect the two up? Oh, man, I just realized that means I've got to go from inside to outside with my antenna. Okay, well, why don't I help you tonight? I'm going to put in the chat room a little bitty, nice little uh, uh, file, a special file, (laughs) about a uh, device that you can stick through uh, your window. And uh, it really will... Oh, by the way, it, it 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 goes through not the glass. It goes under the window that's open, and you can slam the window back down and shut it, or you can put it in your door hinge, and it will shut on it. And that way, you'll have this ability to, uh, you know, connect to to your um, to your radio. And these are special connectors that are available that you can. Uh, you know, connect up to. And so we're going to make this uh, document. Let me get it up here. There we go. And let me get it in the chat room first before I... You know, it's uh, the, the chat room at uh, TalkShoe is kind of limiting because we can't, you know, share those kind of those kind of files. So here we go. I just sent you... It doesn't make any difference what kind of radio frequency you're going to be on this will hook up to the coax that goes out to and in between your radio and your antenna, okay? So this little jumper can go through a closed, well, you go through an open window and you can shut it on it. Uh, Check it out. You can also uh, do a search on YouTube for it. Uh, There's people showing how it works and how they can shut it in Windows. That document that I just put up are important for you to probably uh, get ready to put up all of these uh, antennas that we're going to be having to hook up to these radios. Well, what radios are we talking about? Well, the first ones that we had talked about was ham radios that can be modified, but that means it voids your warranty. So here's what we've done. We're migrating to use on both things. You can get your uh, shortwave radio to listen on and a transceiver if you want to, to transmit too. But don't modify it because it might cause trouble and it costs extra money and so forth. So why don't we, and so I got to thinking, they have ham, uh, they have these radios that you can get that are these, I call them expanded CBs. They call them for export only. (laughs) And these radios are awesome. They do gobs of things. Uh, and they can transmit on what's called the free band area. The free band area has been something we've been talking and talking and talking about. And the free band frequencies are not regulated. There's no regulations. There's not even a license you can get for these frequencies. Worldwide, though, the world at large has started a way to be able to, well, they've started communicating with each other on these types of frequencies. Of course, they're using big uh, amplifiers on their radios, but these radios that I want to talk to you about tonight, we want to get as a group buy so that we can get a discount. 
They're called the Galaxy DX99V2. Okay, let me say it again. Galaxy DX99V2. And what it allow it allows us to do from the man that we were going to be getting them from, he's going to tweak them for us so that we, the ground crew, can talk to each other. Guess what else it does? It has a voice changer. It will change the sound of your voice, and you can be a woman and talk and not be known as a woman. Or if you're, you know, fairly familiar sounding voice, maybe like myself, I can cloak myself and they won't know who I am. Why would we even worry about that? Because there's going to become a time when you're going to want to communicate. Now, will these receive on regular CB frequencies? Yes. But they will transmit further. They are very strong. And you can do all kinds of things with these radios that you can't with regular over-the-counter CB radios. Okay? You just can't. They don't do them. They don't have them. Um, that sort of thing. Um, one of the things that makes these uh, really, really good is that uh, you can talk to the world out there that has CB radios already, and then when you get with your ground crew, you can switch over to a frequency that most people can't get on or to a frequency they don't know about, and you can talk to the you know the world or as far as you can reach, okay? We are interested in your input. How many of you want one of these radios? Contact me, groundcrew at unseen.is. Contact me and ask me, how much are they? What do, you know? And I'll, let you, I'll get you all the information, but we need to know how many of you need this. And we are getting code books, and we'll be needing to pass those around and so forth. So please, communicate to us because we're getting ready to implement this system. And tonight, I wanted to talk to you about antennas that you can hook up to this one if you wanted. If you want to have a separate antenna, the place we're getting them from is recommending an antenna that will work, which would make two antennas, which is fine. Sometimes people, they don't know how to switch back and forth or know how. So if you have one antenna on one piece of equipment, and your shortwave radio in another, that's fine too. Lots and lots of people do it that way. But tonight I wanted to talk to you about antennas that you're going to be hooking up. Antennas. Oh, antennas, yay. Um, <clears throat> we are going to be assigning private call signs that are not through the federal government. And is this a question from the chat? Oh, okay. Got a question. Do CB frequencies talk to shortwave and ham? Uh, okay, CB is not ham radio, and it is, yes, shortwave. It's considered 11 meter. 10 meter is also considered shortwave, but they aren't considered ham. Will they work together? Yes, this equipment will allow you to talk to CB people, but it also lets you go over to a secret private frequency that allows you to talk to each other, but these people that have regular CBs are not going to be able to talk to you. You'd have to go over to their frequency. 
And so this gives us a, a great deal of privacy. It also lets us operate within these bands that are called free bands that are not regulated. In fact, the entire world has been using these frequencies. And uh, in places like Europe, it's considered normal CB use. But here in America, it's not. So these radios are like export only, but they are used, often used by people. Well, anyway, here's the deal. you got to hook them up to an antenna. And these will work with those radios, but these also will work with shortwave radios. And there's two antennas that I want to compare tonight. Okay? All right. One of the antennas is called the Alpha EZ, that's two letters, EZ military antenna, versus the Chameleon M-PASS, that's letter M-P-A-S. And now, they are broadband antennas, folks. The Alpha EZ military antenna operates six meters, through 80 meters. That's daytime frequencies to nighttime frequencies. The Chameleon even offers more uh, range. They go a little bit more, and then instead of 80, it goes to 160 meters to 6 meters. Will these work with your Galaxy if you were to get one? Yes. But their primary goal and why I'm recommending these to you is that they can be a base antenna, but they are very, very portable antennas for operating in base camps. Now, they have packages, and I mean by that they come in these carrying cases. And the first one that I'm going to talk about is the Alpha Easy military antenna. So I'm putting up the uh, in the chat the case that it comes in, so you'll see it. And as you can see, it's kind of hefty. There's quite a bit of a bag to it. So it's, you know, you'd have to be the communication person. And you wouldn't want to backpack all day long out there and hunt and everything and have that. These are the kind of uh, systems that you, you know, you go out to a base camp and set up and leave. The Alpha Easy military antenna, you can get like an upgrade to it. And it's called the Gold Kit. And in the gold kit, you're going to get this stuff. So let me tell you what you get. You get the antenna. That's the whip that sticks up. You have something called the alpha, since the company's alpha antennas. They have this thing at the bottom of the antenna called the match. This is a coil. Okay, they call it the alpha match. And that's at the base of the whip. Then there's this clamp that you can mount this on, and that clamp is a jaw clamp. You can, you can clamp it on a bumper. You can clamp it on a tree limb. You can clamp it on a, your, your, your deck, a post on your deck, railing on your deck, a, a picnic table. You can clamp it to anything, and it can be fairly permanent. Now, in this kit, too, uh, the reason what makes it so heavy is there's a tripod that comes with the gold. So you can even... Have with you, you can be out in the desert where there's nothing, and you can set up a tripod. There's these elements that let you do other configurations that you can add to the antenna that makes the, uh, you know, makes it look more porcupine, not just straight up. It can go sideways out two different directions. Those are in there, 
And then they have other elements in there that you can configure antenna shape, okay? Uh, then there's something in there. Don't get, don't get worried when I give you this word. It's called the counterpoise kit. I hate that word. I wish the hams had quit using it. It's not the proper word. These are radials. At the bottom of an antenna are wires that go out across the ground. Now, if you have a car antenna, there's no need for a wire across the ground because your car is metal and it's replacing the need for a wire. But if you put it on the dirt, you have to put wires stretched out from the base of the antenna and you stretch them out like at 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock, kind of in an X underneath the antenna. And usually they have to be of a certain length, and they're all cut to the right length, and those are called the counterpoise. Those come in this kit. So the kit seems to be just this real nice, complete entry level for those that have not completely understood what's needed. But it's above average when it comes to a starting point. You don't have to get the gold kit. You can get the antenna without all the other stuff, like the tripod and stuff. But this is a complete kit, and it works really well, and it's a nice kit. It works out real well. Now, the people at Alpha, you might be wondering, what about the company? Well, there's this guy by the name of Steve at Alpha Antennas, and I'm reading a review from one of the people that reviewed these antennas, and he's very, very professional, knows all these antennas. Anyway, he said that Steve from Alpha Antennas is very helpful, they have very good customer service, but their documentation was bad. So he told Alpha Antennas, fix it. Well, Alpha Antennas is going to be updating the documentation on their antennas so that it can be, you know, more clear. There are some pictures of the Alpha Antenna uh, that I think, uh, let's see here. I can give you that are on Google that he gave, and there's several of them, and I'm going to give you a link in Unseen, okay? There's the pictures, high-res pictures of the kit, and you can stroll through those, and those are the alpha antennas. It's called the chameleon, and now we're going to talk about, I mean, that's the alpha. Next, we're going to talk about the chameleon. What's the chameleon? The chameleon is similar it has these um, almost look like tent stakes, or not tent stakes, but the rods that you're, the poles you look, put in a tent, they're all connected together. And uh, they make the pole or the antenna that goes up from the base of the antenna, which is a big round coil. And that's where you hook your antenna up to is the base. You put on the antenna part that's on the top. And now, unlike al the Alpha antenna, this is not just a com comprehensive kit with a tripod and everything, but it has everything you need. You've got the, the, the antenna wire whip that sticks up. You have the base, which they call the hybrid. And you have a little mount, a jaw mounting uh, clamp. So you get it all. It's all in this kit, and it allows you to, of course, um, Start using it. Now, optional components can be uh, had from it. Now, I've seen people use this antenna without the radials. 
it does better when you put the little wires out from the base of the antenna. But the quality of the chameleon is extremely high. It is actually very impressive, the quality of it. Now, they did have a problem, though, with some of their wires that you string out from the base that you can get optionally. And that is the fact that when you do it in cold weather, like minus 30 centigrade, <laughs> if you do it in real cold weather, they break. So they've, they've uh, reconfigured those, and they said they're going to be given wires to string out at the base of the antenna. And these are just wrapped up. These wires just get wrapped up around a little uh, handheld uh, uh, piece of, uh, uh, like a place. Uh, have you ever seen these uh, extension cords wrapped up around a, uh, a piece of plastic that they throw on their truck? That's what this looks like. The wires are not nearly as long as, of course, a big 30-foot long uh, extension cord. But they're, you know, a certain length. They wrap up. They wind up. You can throw them in your backpack. They're real light, real easy to use. And uh, they've done better with the wires. Now you can go to Mars, and they won't freeze on you. <laughs> now, there are some videos, and I'm going to give you a link to them. There's um, some videos from this guy that's uh, called, uh, gosh, I forget what he's called, what he calls himself. Oh, I, I, I know what it is. Survival Tech Nord. Don't know why. I think he's Nordic. He's in he's in Europe, but anyway, he speaks perfect English. He has this video series. He compares the chameleon to the alpha side by side, and I've got a video for you to take a look at so you know exactly what I'm talking about, and uh, that way you won't get confused about exactly what it is I'm talking about, and you'll see him in operation. You'll see him put together and so forth. And you'll see how portable they are. But yes, you can talk around the world on these antennas. So there's your video comparing detailed uh, comparison between the Alpha antenna and the Chameleon. Up close and personal, as he calls it. And I have uh, some pictures that he put up on Google of the Chameleon. So I'll put that link in the chat room. And you can take a look at it. Why are these so good? Why is it so important that we talk about these particular? By the way, below the the video on the antennas was the um, is the uh, link to the um, pictures. Let me uh, let me fix that so it, you can see it better. I'll just put a little line between that and the video, and that way you can see it easier in the chat room. There you go. Why is it important? Because these happen to be very easy um, to deploy. They're portable. Uh, they're not extremely expensive. And I just put in a link to the written comparison from Survival Tech Nord's website. And you can see there's a picture there of the chameleon uh, kind of laid out on a table or on a on on the rug there, and he's got it all rolled and wound up and sitting there. And he's got the Alpha Easy military antenna all set up in what it looks like taken apart. And uh, then he's got some uh, overviews and writing that you can take a look at. Some videos that you can go to that I just gave you or right there. And of course, then the only thing you need is 
Where in the world are these, and what are they here? I'll give you the um, I'll give you the links to the companies that make these. There's the Chameleon, and let me take these down here. Other ones here. And he has links to, on his website, I just gave you a link there that will go to both of their companies. Folks, it's important for you to decide what kind of antennae you want, but if you can talk worldwide on these, why would you want to get a great big antenna? Well, because some of these fellows, they want to talk no matter what. They want to push real hard. They have a 2,000-watt amplifier sitting in their radio shack a hobby room that's connected to a great big tower and they want to be on the air 24 hours a day, seven days a week and not have anything stop them. We're going to have to be, unless you do that, we're going to have to know when we can communicate. Well, we've been talking about when is it that we communicate? Well, we're going to be doing the 333 plan, remember? We're going to be doing it Every three hours, starting at 12, so 12, 3, 6, 9, and back to 12 for three minutes. And if you're on, like, CB, it'll be channel 3. But those frequencies will be different for the ground crew as we begin to communicate and set up our system of communication so that we can talk to each other. Now, not all of us are going to be able to talk at the same time uh, on these CBs uh, to each other because they don't go as far as a ham radio. They will not reach as far. Don't expect to talk worldwide all the time or necessarily at all on these kind of radios. These are very powerful CB radios that go further than a regular CB radio, and you can make them go further, but we have to have a starting point. And this is where we've decided to start. This helps us coordinate between each other. And uh, if you have a listening shortwave receiver like a Sanjian 909, a Sanjian 505, or if you have a ham radio, soon frequencies will be established. We'll get them out to the ground crew. We'll be doing tests probably in the near future on our radio systems. But in the meantime, we've got to get the radios before we can get anything done. So if you want to uh, take a look at, uh, go to, you can go to uh, YouTube, and if you go type in, let me, I'll just give it to you. Uh, it's a DX, a Galaxy. Let me write it in here. I'm going to get it for you. Hang on just a second. I should have had this already. There it is. I'm going to give you a um, uh, picture of what, a video I should say, uh, a link to a video of what the Galaxy Radio looks like with a brief description of, of what it does. So take a look at that video. It's there on YouTube. And these are the radios that we, these are not regular CB radios. These are revved up. These are tweaked, folks. Now, there are some other antennas that you can get that are less expensive. 
we can get some that are not as expensive. They're a lot harder to put up because they're wire, so you have to have trees or the peak of a house or something. But these are self-supporting, self-contained antenna, and they can handle the 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 wattage that you're going to be getting on these radios. Folks, it's been my pleasure to be with you. If you have any questions about communication, send them to me. I've got a little package now, a little file of um of, of PDFs and links to um, videos for you to look at. This radio was kind of settled in on as our first beginning step to beginning to communicate with each other. People all over the world talk to each other on these free band radios. And uh, you can get these radios with extra power if you want. But we just want to know how many are interested in getting started with these radios so that we can see what we can get price-wise. These are not $700 radios. These are not even $600 radios. They're not even $500 radios. We've got, we, we've got to drop the price down so that we, the ground crew, can get started in our communication systems. And I don't think you'd be a bit um, uh, 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 disappointed in this. Ooh, well, let's see here. Things have flown by. It's already 10 minutes is all we've got left. Well, Chip, have we got any updates that we need to give the uh, ground crew? Have you got anything of late? No, no, you're there. I, I have nothing. I'm just sitting here watching the uh, primaries as uh, we run the show. How are they doing? What's the primaries doing? Uh, your boy is knocking him down. <laughs> well, good at like him or not like him. Uh, Rubio is barely shown in, in, in the Florida. No, this is uh, Michigan and Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, know, he's 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 good. Good. It's good news tonight. You know, uh, Chip. I I I. You know. I've got my fingers crossed. I went around the house and tied all the drapes and knots to cross them. Uh, I've got every wire in the house crossed hoping that Hillary gets indicted. You know, that's just exactly where I think everybody in this country is uh, that knows the score. But I'm not going to hold my breath because it might happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't because you'd be turning blue. <laughs> the, 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 word, the word that I have from very good sources is that uh, she it's, has uh, a get-out-of-jail-free card and thus, thus her running the uh, sub, such heavy support of the uh, legacy of Obama. Well, and that's that's and, and uh, other, that's what I go ahead. In. Oh, other, yeah. Go ahead. Well, the the others, you know, pulling back where where you have uh, several several of the contenders, uh, possible contenders, standing and standing. Uh, on the side waiting to jump in, and then all of a sudden they, they just pulled back. You know, like uh, you have Biden, you have others who are ready to hop in and go, but uh, they ended up pulling back because of because she got her get-out-of-jail-free card and struck her deal. Oh, boy, if that happens, we better have communications. We've got to have the radio station in order to talk, and we have to have other ways of communicating with each other, folks, because this could be even taken down. I mean, we're hit constantly. 
That is one, one evil, evil woman, folks. I worked for him. I have not met a person as, well, Bush was, if you if you want to compare, you know, it's com, they would compare, but uh, Bush was worse. Uh, but, you know, evil is evil. And, and well, she's just. Out of the pot, she's the worst of the bunch, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And and uh, big trouble for America. There's no doubt about it. Uh, well, it's kind of what I'm hoping doesn't happen, but I just kind of feel like that's probably the whore that's supposed to mount the beast that we've seen predicted in the Bible. Not that it's really the, the whore, but she's just that beast system that that is run by the devil, and though that is, doesn't mean cream rises to the top. It means the worst, the most evil rises to the top. And so that would be, at this point, everybody that's in the race, that would be Hillary, right? So, oh, Chip, I hope we're all wrong. You know what I mean? I just pray we're wrong, but I have a feeling you're right. So... Well, folks, I'll, I'll be leaving uh, next week to South America for for a couple weeks, and then I'll be back up. Uh, but I'll be running the show from down there. That's right. actually where, where we're running everything from now. The uh, server seems to be working okay. Uh, I don't, I'm not getting much feedback from everyone, but from from our monitoring, uh, it seems to be working fine down there. So hmm. okay. hope, it, hope it keeps up. It, it's you know the price is right for us. It keeps us on the air. Uh, so. Well, that's the main thing, uh, you know. If we can do the same thing down there for a lot less money, that's the, that's that's what we want. So, uh, well, folks, that takes takes us up to uh, a few minutes before the end of the show. And uh, uh, Chip, you want to give us an update on uh, any of your projects? Well, our our uh, <clears throat> beefalo uh, in May will start birthing, and the. Uh, the medical cannabis, Valley Medical, it's it's going. We have plants in the ground now. The approvals are there. We have plants in the ground. Uh, I have. I'm leaving to, for New Orleans this week to pick up more uh, chromatograph, uh, gas oh. chromatograph, so that we can uh, identify all the different entities, uh, all the different components sure. of fingerprint it uh, right, folks. right, fingerprint it all, and uh, that's the last piece of equipment we needed for our. Uh, pure pharmaceutical products. Oh boy, that's a big job. Uh that is a that's that's a that's a a busy time going through the process of fingerprinting, seeing exactly if you've got all the isotopes is what that does. It tells you if that that material that you're using is actually what it is and is it healthy? Does it have all the isotopes that you want in it that's going to make that uh, happen for you? Hey, isn't Argentina and South America well known for this real high quality beef in the first place? Argentina, uh yeah, the Angus that comes out of there is fabulous, yeah. So they're again very high in cholesterol and the beef <laughs> as a matter of fact our Brahmas come from Argentina that we, Oh really? That we put mated with the uh beef well, the bison that we inseminated with the uh bison sperm. Uh huh. So you, you, you're going to have this cross, and it'll be beef with low cholesterol. Is that the goal? That's the goal. Cool. All right. Low cholesterol. You know, and, and on, the, on the prairies, 
the American buffalo, it, it's a, a natural thing. The American buffaloes have have already mated with a lot of the uh, beef, and you have mixes on the prairie uh, wild right now here in the States. So. Now, are you going to import it, or does that stay in South America? We we have the import license. We would have to go through uh, additional. We have FDA approval, USDA approval, on on some of our products that we have on the farm, but we would have to go through an additional approval for the for the beefalo. I don't think so. We have beefalo up here. Uh, I I think that we're just going to try to introduce it down there. I don't. You know, we've only got uh, we've only got 48 coming out. So. Oh, okay. Well. It'll it'll take years to produce uh, produce enough export stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll like it. That's for sure. Well, I, we we did. I, I shipped down a, a small shipment of pure buffalo meat uh, and gave it to one of the popular restaurants for a, a free sampling day down there. So. Yeah, I bet that was. I would bet that was uh, well received. Folks, um, I've run out of topics. Thanks, Chip, for jumping in and giving us updates. And uh, make sure you write the uh, 15th and 16th of October on your calendar. Pencil it in. We'll get you more information in the near future. And uh, I'll let Chip uh, run. He's You've got this uh, goodbye. And I think I've got a bad, I gave you a, a bad copy of it, but we'll let you play it anyway, and I'll get you a new one. Okay, here we go. So, here we go. Goodbye, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.